Hi, today we're going to be talking about Sadia Nights. Why were we excited? Who did we see? Do you remember? I, mm, uh, <laughs> the Golden Globes and what happened. We're also going to be talking about a royal wedding that is currently taking place in Brunei. And also, Man, our man about town, is back to tell us what he's been up to recently. This is Culture Bites coming to you from the National News. I'm Inas Tafari. And I'm Farah Andrews. So let's kick it off. We had a school trip. Oh, what a night. What a Sadiat night. What a Sadiat night. So Sadiat Nights is a Abu Dhabi, like a concert series, concert series, which bringing in massive stars, actually quite international stars as well. Yeah. And they kicked off with Mariah Carey. Which what we... a way to kick off. <laughs> I mean, could it get any better? No. Maybe it not. Was n- Maybe they peaked. No, <laughs> you haven't peaked. No, no Sadiat. You haven't peaked Sadiat. So I think we should talk a bit about... We will talk about Mariah because it's impossible not to. But we should talk a bit about the venue because I felt like the venue, Sadiat Nights, it's very chic. I mean, how many people can say they've been to an intimate Mariah Carey concert? Intimate is obviously a bizarre word, but there were 5,000 people there, I think. That's the number I've been mm. told. Which And it was, it was it a felt, hug. It felt like a big hug. It felt like everyone that was there kind of knew each other oh, somehow. Oh my goodness. Everyone there was just such a big fan. Everyone yeah. was singing every word. It was... Okay, so we, I'm jumping ahead. You want to talk about the venue? I so want to talk about the venue because... The entrance. We... Mamsha is a beach, like Seoul Beach, which is really close to where Saudi at Nights is, mm-hmm. um, being held. And we went for supper there before we went to the concert. Yeah, we did. We went for a nice And it was just, you know, they've got different buskers now alongside the beach. Uh, just for all the other people who live in Abu Dhabi, it was a vibe, and I have that confirmed from Dubai people. Kind of, it was buzzy. It was buzzy. It was really buzzy. So you're kind of you're really close to a string of restaurants, and then you cross the road, and then suddenly you're, I would say it's like a warm spa like hug, because the the even though it's an outdoor venue, mm-hmm. it smelt of bahur. Yeah. There was amazing like food stands. Yeah. Really chic seating. And lighting. not just so. Very Abu Dhabi. The food stands were not just like burger and chips that you get at other concerts. No offense to other concerts or sporty venues. Like that is often What's what needed. people are after. Yeah. Here we had like home bakery. <laughs> like <laughs> extremely good quality. Really lovely. Lovely foods. I loved it, obviously. It was it was stunning. It was really beautiful. Everything that's been curated there, really, I felt like it was elevated. And that was also you know, because of the choice of artists. So it kind of was like a grown-ups concert, right? Oh, 100%. It was, we aren't, this isn't for, this wasn't for the children. Leave the children at home and go out and have a nice adult's evening and respectfully enjoy some good music. (laughs) Definitely. Which we definitely danced to the entire time. I mean, there was seating. I would say a lot of Mariah fans were not sitting. People don't go to a concert to sit. <laughs> I went to dance. <laughs> but it was it was just brilliant. So I think like, yeah, the atmosphere, fantastic. The curation of the space, like really worth seeing. And I think th- the way they've advertised it as the Sadiat Nights, it definitely lived up to that expectation. So now on to the Queen herself, Mariah. D- talk about her outfits, Farah. Wow. So we so she had three outfit changes and every time she went off stage. 
we were like <laughs> trying to guess what she was going to come in on and we're kind of like competitively guessing what Mariah was going to hey, wear. Gold. It's going to be pink. It's going to be gold. It's going to be red. It was, it was started silver. Bedazzled. Bedazzled with a matching um, flask that she said contained tea. Um, no Probably reason to did. doubt. Um, and then she went off and we were like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? She came back in head to toe gold. She continued to shimmer. Yep. She shimmered the night away. And then she went away again. And it was another silver number, right? I think it was another silver Yeah, it was another silver she number. She stayed but it bejeweled. Was, it was sleeveless. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, she stayed bejeweled throughout. I think highlights of Mariah being Mariah mm. were the, yeah, the bedazzled, bejeweled flask. I've, so a bejeweled flask. Which camouflaged into her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes that must have been like a 15 centimeter platform. Stunning. Um and more diamonds than I've ever seen a single human being wearing at one time. Like her ears, her neck, her wrists were like, whoa. Casual. It was <laughs> nothing about her was casual. And she also, like, I think midway through the first set, she called on her glam squad. Oh, yeah. Which was a moment for me. Two makeup artists came out. Did, I and could actually, can we get that now? Can, can we, we get, get our glam squad? <laughs> Anyone? No, no. We're being abandoned. The producers are just laughing at us. Oh, they're, just, they're, no, they're, they're not even looking at us. They're avoiding eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mariah was Mariah in her full glory, with but with you know a whole host of backup dancers. Um, I, I heard that she always has the same backup singers. Yeah, that's one of our friends that we were with told us that she's had. I mean, let's. <laughs> I haven't fact checked this. <laughs> yeah. But she told us that they've been her singers like OG. They've been they've been through it with her, mm. which I love. Yeah, I really like that. I love So if you're the- a really de- like devoted Mariah fan, you're probably as big a fan of them as well, right? And like mm. people will definitely like know their names and they'll have a fan base. Oh, that's nice. Um it was great. And she jam-packed the whole session in. All the classics. Yeah, it was hit after hit. Though so full confesh. I'm not the biggest Mariah. Like she's not my like you have like grown up with her. You love, yeah. love, love. I obviously appreciate her music, but she's not like I I didn't go knowing every single word to every okay, song. Farrah, you're younger than me. I understand. That isn't what I'm saying. <laughs> that wasn't what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that were younger than me that knew every word. It's just everyone has different musical tastes. Yeah. I, for me, I think she definitely symbolizes a lot of my teen anxiety. Oh. So like all of my teenage moments I feel are wrapped around a Mariah song so when she came on and she did all of her songs it was just so like I remember this moment in high school yeah you know like honey um every like even to me the non discography (laughs) literate of Mariah Carey fans I knew or recognized every song so amazing it was yeah there was no there there was no filler all banger no filler I loved it. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was so good. So there's more to come from Saudi Out Nights. Yeah, so I was chatting to uh, Saeed Saeed, our music expert, and without being that person, because none of these people have been confirmed, some of the names he was dropping that we can't Stop. say are amazing. Stop. And the idea that they're going to be in a 5,000-seat venue <gasps> hurts my head a little bit because Ooh. there's going to be competitive ticket buying. Really? Yeah. So basically... Listen out for Sadie at Night announcements because there's big, big names. Still and like, it's going to kind of carry on being announced. Wow. Because they only announced Mariah very recently. Yeah, it was, I, I remember, I remember. We spoke about it. <laughs> yeah, we it's spoke been, about it on this podcast. It's been within the, cult, the culture by his <laughs> lifetime, so it's very recent. So it's very recent. Mm. And um, if they're going to have bit more big names, 
it's definitely one well, it looks to watch. like I'm going to be socialising in Abu Dhabi a lot more than I expected. So they did actually release another name that's coming up, which is Sting. Sting is going to be yeah, performing there, back. which is, I think, again, a different era to our music. I just remember that like song. He, he was one of those artists for like the Middle Eastern audience. Hear me out. You guys all know this. Yalil, yalil. Mm. There was that North African tune. It was blown up by Sting. And it was one of the times when I think it was before Daft Punk did their kind of like Middle mm. Eastern inspired um, track that really hit the big time. That song was really like a, a huge, like I would say a beacon of light as a Middle Easterner. Like, oh, someone recognizes our music ah. and culture, um, which now seems ridiculous because now it's like you know we're at the forefront of so much 100 so um yeah i think sing is quite culturally significant for a lot of people and appreciation rather than appropriation a hundred percent which we love 100 percent. always appreciation on the topic of appreciation oh hello where are we going shall to? we chat golden globes because i appreciated every single moment of that ceremony let's talk let's talk let's, well did you stay up to watch it no, it's very early here so it was a kind of like 5 a.m. kickoff. So did I wake up at 5 a.m.? Just say it. No. <laughs> I'm here to be honest, right? We don't want to Yeah, we lie. don't want to lie. Um, when man comes in, he'll be able to chat about it because he did get up at 5 a.m. and he did um, great work because I'm about to use his work. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to use his work. So there's been a lot of like chitter chatter. So this is what I always find with these award ceremonies. They happen. Mm -hmm. a day happens mm -hmm. and then after that the memes come out this I'm I'm gonna call it the memes came early 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 these memes no. were happening as the show <laughs> was on so Joe Coy the um, I believe Filipino American comedian he mm -hmm. has performed here a lot he has like a real fan base here he's done like mm -hmm. big shows at the Coca-Cola Arena and I believe the Etihad he has he's quite a UAE regular so we can't say anything too rude about no, we don't have to say we anything gonna rude, rude. We gonna but rude. he was called out for a bit of a misogynistic monologue he didn't go down very well with the barbie group just explain like, it just like the actresses yeah and actors in yeah. the audience so he has said in his defense he said he had 10 days to prep for this yeah. monologue and he has kind of thrown his writers under the bus with him but hey so 10 days is quite a quick turnaround uh I guess. I mean, I've never written a comedic monologue, so tell me if that's quick or long. <laughs> I've, I've never written a monologue for, to open a award no. ceremony. So no, no it's I've not never actually. opened the Golden Globes. No, yet, yet. That's where this is heading. Oh, really? I don't think I so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so Joe Coy, um, he said some stuff. I don't think we need to go into it exactly, but it definitely caused a bit of backlash. It was kind of a lot. Basically, I think in a nutshell, people were just kind of. Like we've we've evolved past women being the punchline every single one of your jokes, right? Yeah, and it's just kind of like, like there's stronger comedy out there than mm. men did this well, women did, did something this. trivial, and that was mm. kind of a couple of his punchlines. Uh, and then the kind of responses to them were memed, memified. What's the word? What's meme? What's, became memes. Became memes. <laughs> yeah, uh, very quickly. Yeah. Like the Taylor Swift response. Aha. Uh -huh. What did she respond with? She didn't she hasn't responded vocally. Voc yeah. Um he made a joke about uh the NFL showing a lot of Taylor Swift footage and she just uh, kind of pursed her lips and took a sip of a drink. Nice. Good yeah. response, Taylor. I mean Taylor we know is frosty. When she doesn't like 
when she gets interview questions that are kind of like minimizing and very like all you do is talk about your ex-boyfriends all you do is talk about your love life she shuts it down mm-hmm. there's like a lot of there's a, a good track record of taylor being like eye no. roll about when everything's about her love life yeah so that's kind of where she was with that which Fair. checks and i think she's obviously very good friends with selena gomez and she had like a her, ha- her head in her hands like, oh yeah mm. and that became a meme yeah that became a meme then there was the Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez whispering like they were girls gossiping, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I love those kind of water cooler moments. <laughs> Selena Gomez has said that she was talking about other people, but the internet sleuths think they were talking about Timothy Chalamet and What Kylie I was going to actually say is that they, they definitely, there's a, there's a few memes of, <laughs> of those two. I, I really, you know, it's very sweet to see their love story, but it was very funny, some of the memes. Yeah, they're quite... PDA. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go on to Greta. Yeah. So Greta Gerwig. Oh, so do you, um, she had, I mean, Greta Gerwig is, she's the girl's girl, right? So she's, she's the girl's girl. So if you don't know, she was the director behind Barbie. Yeah. Also one of the writers. I believe, yep. Um, produ- well, probably she's, she's, producer. She's, she's everything. Steamroll Barbie. <laughs> she's Steamroll Barbie. She is Barbie, but she's also, you know, probably I think the most successful female director now since Barbie currently yeah so really like hats off to her she's waited a few days and then she's actually responded to some of the things that Joe Coy said yeah so he kind of amped up Oppenheimer and then said that Barbie was like went up against a film about a, a doll with breasts basically he pinned them both like against each other which yeah. in fairness to him like I just want to say that Joe Coy is just mimicking what everybody else was doing at the time, which was Oppenheimer, Barbie, Barbieheimer, Open Barbie. I don't really agree with you. No. Is this our first argument? <gasps> Get it on. <laughs> no, so I think people were because they were both released on the same time. That was it. Were... That was the only reason they even kind of entered the same conversation. And Barbie had like such an enormous marketing budget that Oppenheimer never had one. Jumped on <laughs> and did really well off the back of. Yeah. Like, Oppenheimer was always going to be a massive, massive film, no doubt. Like visually spectacular film. Christopher Nolan. 100% built for cinema mm-hmm. completely. But the only reason there was e- like there was even a conversation about Barbie and Oppenheimer in like the same breath mm. is because they came out on the same day. Yeah. If there had been a week between them, it wouldn't have been there. So there was never this like we we don't do it with other this, films. I love this like conspiracy theory though that the marketers were like, we gotta get we gotta get put these two things in, um, in and similar then, bracket because it's but it also so does random. make sense because the same two films coming out on the same day, nah, but films are completely like, polar opposites in terms of their content and potentially audience, even though there Funny. is obviously a huge center diagram, then there's films for everyone to go see on the same day, right? It's just, True. it makes marketing sense. And he, his joke was, yeah, like the Oppenheim is this like, based on a 700 plus word epic about blah, 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 man doing great things, yay, men, versus a film about a doll. Yeah. Blah. No, Plastic that isn't what it was doll. about. Plastic yeah. girl doll. Yeah, so it didn't go down too well. So Greta's actually responded, hasn't she? Yeah, and she was a lot more polite than she could have been. She, <laughs> So she was on BBC Radio 4 and she says... She said that he was kind of right, that Barbie was the first mass-produced doll with breasts, so he was right on. And you know, I think so much of the project of the movie is just because 
it was unlikely because it is about a plastic doll. So she was very polite. She's very polite. Well, she doesn't... The thing is, you don't need to rise to these things when you're Greta. You don't. You're Greta. You're the most successful female director... I think we could say she's one of the most successful directors full stop. We don't need yeah, the because Barbie was female so qualifier there. Yeah. Yeah. So hugely successful, young, right? Mm-hmm. She's young. Yeah. She's younger than Christopher Nolan. Much. And she did, has, Oh, she turned 40. They had the big 40th birthday party for her with Ryan Gosling God. and did like cute things. So yeah, she's yeah. With Ryan Ryan Gosling went to her birthday party. Of course he did. He was Ken. Ken. <laughs> so yeah, well done, Greta. Um, well done Golden Globes for kicking off award season yes so much so which is the next one that you're excited about well the next one is the Emmys okay, next the Emmys. week Monday yeah. night in the US Tuesday morning here so we spoke about expect this. us to talk about that on Thursday next week one Woo-hoo. week today <laughs> okay so the next thing we're going to talk about is kind of like this is very different it is so very talking, different we want to talk about a wedding and I my goodness do I love a fanfare about a big international royal wedding. <laughs> <laughs> We've had such a good run of them recently, yeah. like the Jordanian one last year. And then we're kicking off 2024 with yes. the Brunei royal wedding. Woo-hoo! It is the wedding of Prince Abdul Mateen and Anisha Rosna. So it is happening now. It's the wedding happening. is live. <laughs> the wedding is live. It's I can, uh, right, so it's very small country, Brunei. Yeah. Right, very rich country. Yes. Muslim country. Muslim country. Um, but we're expecting a lot of famous faces to be attending there. Yeah. So it's. Um, I heard Kate and William are going to be there. That and I, yeah, uh, it's not confirmed. We haven't got like a printed out guest list. But kind of what <laughs> typically happens. How <laughs> we aren't invited, which is unexpected, honestly. <laughs> I bet Ryan's going. <laughs> Um, so it's a 10-day celebration. So it's no small... It isn't going uncelebrated. 10 yeah. days. Kicked off on January the 7th. Today... What is the date today? The 11th. We're on day five. Mm-hmm. We're halfway there on the celebrations and they have already been big. So it's um, a mix of traditional um, uh, ceremony, Islamic ceremonies and modern traditions mm-hmm. that kind of make up the different parts Beautiful. of the 10-day. Yeah. Um, so we kind of everything is kind of amping up towards the big kind of final banquet, and that's mm-hmm. when they're expecting international royals to attend. Rumored guest list include, as you said, Prince and Princess of Wales, Kate and William, as well as Jordan's Crown Princess Zane and Princess Radwa. Ah, see, so we might from see one them. glamorous couple to another glamorous couple to yeah, an even couple. I mean, I think, well, looking from the photos, the prince is quite dashing. Right. He looks like a Disney character. Yes. Can I say that? Is that I think not allowed? I think you can say that. <laughs> he is... Um, He's very dashing. Prince Abdul is... He has long been one of the world's, I say. I'm not even going to say Asia's. One of the world's most el- eligible bachelors. So that has been his kind of like pegging an in international royal conversation. And now he's crossed off that list. Yep. He is the fourth son and the tenth child of the Sultan of Brunei. Uh, but he is someone who kind of often accompanies his father to international events and kind of working with his dad a lot. So, yeah, he's only 32. He's a young lad. Spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. So so he's like one of 10. So where, I wonder where he ranks in the like group. Are they younger ones? I we're believe gonna have he's more sixth Brunei? in line for the throne. Ah. So I don't think we're going to see a king 
Abdul. But, but we might get some more royal weddings. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, his two sisters got married uh, quite recently and they've kind of been um, like similar levels of interest in the kind of like different ceremonies that take, mm. make, like, take place in a Brunei royal wedding, which, yeah. I love that as well. What I love, like the Islamic traditions, yeah. when they go to further away from this region, so like into Asia, yeah. and just seeing how Islam has kind of not morphed, but like how like local customs and traditions and kind can of like all, the yeah, it's really beautiful. I she looks so elegant. Do Gosh. You, I didn't really know about a powdering ceremony until I was reading about the Brunei royal wedding. So that Tell me, I don't know about so this. So that's not an Islamic cu custom. This is obviously something quite specific to Brunei royal weddings. Tell us. It's um, during Malay and Bruneian ceremonies, um, and this powdering ceremonies have now been practiced for hundreds of years. The groom and bride-to-be are blessed by their close family members who apply a powder paste to their hands, um, and in some versions, um, all over their body. And it's mm. applied by their respective family members, and the ritual is meant to symbolize fertility and wealth. So that took place yesterday, ah. on Wednesday, for anyone listening, not today. Oh, that's um, so nice. Yeah. I think it does, uh, that kind of reminds me then of like henna. Like a yeah. henna, or in England, is it a hen night? <laughs> no. No, I don't think I don't think we're quite henna and hen nights. No. But, but th there is like elements. a celebration, right? Where you have each person celebrated individually before coming together. Yeah. Right. And yeah, we have like that. Well, especially Asian culture, they have the henna nights and it's with turmeric. They and use I, yeah, turmeric I was going to say, I went to a wedding in Kerala last year and there was the henna ceremony one night and then at the, the Mahendi. Mahendi. And then yeah. we, the second day, we there was a, a turmeric ceremony. Yeah. So that's very similar to the powdering. Dun, 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 dun. And here he is, our man about town to fanfare tell us. Fanfare noises, fanfare noises. Ah! <laughs> 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 to tell us what to do, where to go, and where to be seen. And what to see and what to read. Yeah, and yes. what, to con what to consume. What to consume. This is a very enriching, chunky section today. Oh, I wow. have lots to talk Big about. Big billing. Big, <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, buckle up, guys. It's going to be lots. enriching and chunky. Yes, my two favorite words. Ooh. So first and foremost, I went to a really amazing um, exhibition yesterday that everybody should go see. It is an Ayam gallery in Asrkala Avenue. Mm -hmm. The artist is called Tamam Azam. He's a Syrian artist. Now, do you guys remember a couple of years ago, there was an image that was going viral um, connected to the Syrian uh, war, the civil war. It was Gustav Klimt's The Kiss, a very famous painting yeah. on the side of a um, building that yeah. was... Yeah. I think it was like either in Homs or Aleppo. Like I remember yes. this series. It was really viral. It went really viral. It went really viral. And we were talking about this before because I honestly believed that those were like made by artists on the building yeah it, that they aren't they aren't they're digital artworks by the digital digitals which is which is insane and this they're by this artist Tom mm -hmm. Azam and he um is a painter and he was a painter at the time but he had to flee Syria and he came to Dubai with his wife and child and he didn't have a studio but he felt that like he had to create something and he used his in his own words, when I spoke to him yesterday, my laptop became my studio. And it was the first time he experimented with digital art and he created the series of taking very well-known um, Western artworks like Gustave de Klimt or um, Henry Matisse's The Dancers mm -hmm. and put them against um, these buildings that are, you know, been destroyed during the war. And it was really interesting seeing his new exhibition that's now on an AM gallery. It's called Diary. And it is a collection of paintings that he's been working on for the past five years. Um, where he is 
recreating or reconstructing these cityscapes, imagined cityscapes based on some real cityscapes, but they're all sort of semi-destroyed, derelict, and it's a lot of him looking at what's happening in the world today, in the region, and trying to get people to understand what will happen to our cities if mm, what's happening wow. continues. So it's really um, layered, intense work from a conceptual perspective. But when you look at um, the actual paintings, they're really, really stunning. Like he uses a mixture of oil paints and collage and paper uh, to create these very balanced like landscapes. And I asked him why he used collage and like gets bits of yeah. paper and puts them on in case nobody knows what collage is. And he had a really interesting answer. He's like, a lot of the time when we're, you know, in war and and, and um, we're destroying these buildings in these cities, it's all self-destructive. And he's like, the process of cutting paper up is also very, mm. like, self-destructive. Mm. So I thought that was, like, so really interesting. So a bit of a metaphor there. Yeah. So I thought that Beautiful. was really interesting. I yeah. really loved his artwork. I really love, I, I can't wait to go to this um, gallery opening. Because, Is it running for a while? Yes, until the 31st of Feb. Okay, oh, great. Right. Yeah, so you have quite a while. 31st of Feb. 31st or 30th? Exist no, isn't this? On any month. Okay, 30th of Feb. No. It also doesn't exist. So the 29th of Feb. It Just exists this year. It's <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's a leap year. Yes, yes. Sorry. We got there. Um, but what was really cool is that even though that was digital art and this yeah. is paintings, you know, you can actually see that it's the same artist. You can see mm. it's the same hand, the mm. same style, which I think is always really interesting. So what else is going on, man? What else have we got to not miss? So we are in January and it's a great time to look forward to what's happening. Right. So we have a lot of great movies and a lot of great mm. books. So um, we have a story up right now about like a list of the most anticipated movies coming mm -hmm. up. I won't say the whole list, but I'll tell you my three most favorite ones okay. that are coming out. The first is The Color Purple. Ooh. Have you guys seen the original? Yes. 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 So for I've those of you, too. Oh, yes. For yeah. those of you who don't know, it's originally a book by Alice Walker, won the Pulitzer Prize, and then it became a movie in 1985 by Steven Spielberg starring Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey, propelled them all to fame. Uh, and I won a, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, but never won. It was like a big scandal. Anyway, after that movie, it, be, it got turned into a musical which has been really popular in America. I didn't think I knew it was a musical. Did you? I no. did not know that now fact. Even, yeah. It's not like, it's not that jolly as, I mean, I'm not a musical person. Musical or like a musical musical. Yes, a musical musical. <laughs> not like, it, not, not a play. No, not a play, like a musical <laughs> with, with music. Okay. <laughs> well, <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> I think because the, the film leans idea. towards like very dramatic, it's very dr melodramatic almost. So there's like music, they created music around it. I suppose I'm just, I'm just not, a musical kind of gal. So it's mm -hmm. not going to appeal to me necessarily that, but I'm just always intrigued by these like quite dark. I remember reading the book and crying mm, and it's, it's a really dark, dark, yeah. dark story of like abuse mm -hmm. and, you know, female black empowerment, mm -hmm. like all of those things are like pulled together into this novel. It's not the first thing that I'd think, ah, musical yeah. or even. Like, it doesn't scream jazz hands. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I'm also like kind of, why make it into another film again? Haven't we like, this is the thing. We are living in the age of reimagining and remakes. But this film is the is the film version of the musical. So oh. the film has music in it. But there's definitely a musical then. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a musical. And it stars, do you guys remember Fantasia who won like American Idol a couple of years ago? Sure Not a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, you remember her. No, I don't. Sorry. Oh, you don't? I've okay. never watched American Idol. I know Kelly Clarkson. Anyway, we digress. We digress. Yes. We digress. So it stars Fantasia, stars Taraji P. Henson, 
and Oprah's a producer. So Oprah yeah. was a really big person behind the musical Broadway show as a producer. So it's out this month. It's, you know, it's getting a lot of buzz in the U.S. It's a, it's a huge American cultural kind of institution, The Color Purple. So that's a movie to look forward to. Then in March is what I'm really looking forward to. We we spoke about bad space operas last week. So this is a good space opera. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Dune. Oh, okay. Yes. Dune. Yes. Dune. I want to see that. Yes. I really want to see that. Dune 2. Dune 2. Are they called, really I call them sci-fis. There's a difference between sci-fi and space opera. So space opera usually is huge and it's epic and it's like you're all across the universe and there's like so many, it's like a Game of Thrones in space, right? But what is a sci-fi? Sci-fi is anything that is about the future and science fiction. So is it like sci-fi's umbrella term? Yes. Space opera is more specific. Ah. Yes. So you can have sci-fi horror. You can have sci-fi like okay. romance. I'm learning. Whatever. I'm learning. Yeah. Oh. This is why we come here. Yeah. yeah. To is, learn. This is the educational portion <laughs> for yeah. us. So, so space June, opera. I, yes, I space cannot opera. wait for this. It's going to be amazing. As and soon as I saw that, I might, I'm going to rewatch the first one. Yes. I was just saying you should rewatch the first one if you have any. It's, you know, it's up until March. It would so be quite nice time. if, just a little shout out to the cinema companies in this region if they could reshow June in the cinema because that's definitely a film built for 100%. cinemas, right? 100%, yeah. I feel like yeah. people would kind of enjoy going and being like, let's just refresh I would go. from the comfort of a nice cinema seat mm -hmm. with a box of popcorn. Filmed here as well. Yeah. yeah it's a regional it. exactly. hit. It is. It, a regional. Is. it is. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, and then September, we have something really cool, Beetlejuice 2. So did you guys watch the first Beetlejuice? It really years is ago? just a year of remakes and sequels. It is. It is actually. You're right. So the Beetlejuice two is a is a sequel, not a remake. Thank God. And it stars Michael Keaton, who was um, Beetlejuice in the first one, and it has. Was that Michael Keaton? Yeah. How did I that? not know that? You probably thought it was Johnny Depp because we all think of like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp as doing everything. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands yeah. and Beetlejuice are a little bit interchangeable in my head. Yeah. But I just didn't. I. He's really talented. He is. And he's one of those actors hot that disappears. Dick. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but he did just disappear. And then he came back in that bird, bird thing yeah. that won the. Oh. And that was really good. Yeah. So, Beetlejuice, <laughs> Michael Keaton, Catherine O'Hara, she's coming back. And Winona a Rider. <gasps> yeah. So, she was in the first one. So, she's coming back for the second one. And addi new additions to that is. Um, Monica Bellucci, which I think is really interesting. I wonder who she's going to play. And I will say her name wrong. The girl from um, Wednesday, the main girl, Ortega. Ortega. Uh, Jenna yeah. Ortega? Jenna, yeah, so she's in she's it. And that, I have Jenna a feeling Ortega. she's going to be Winona Ryder's daughter because she has that vibe yeah. of the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be very cool. So moving from movies to books, we also have mm -hmm. a story... Uh, uh, online about the 12 most anticipated books of the year. And mm -hmm. I've picked the three that I'm most excited about. The first one, oops, sorry, is called Politica, and it's by Yumna Kassab. She's an Lebanese-Australian author, and she's written a book which I, she uses this literary device, which I love, which is in an unknown region, city, there's never named. There's a group of people who are living through war and revolution. And you see how their lives intersect and how some of them leave and mm. are in diaspora and some of them stay and how their lives change. And what I like about that is that it could be anywhere, anytime about any group of people. Because she doesn't name a specific place, you don't go in there um, adding your own like sort of preconceived notions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think, and I have read her writing before, and she's a really, really great writer, and she writes very complex stories in a very accessible way, mm -hmm. um, which I really enjoy. So mm -hmm. I've messaged her. I'm like, can you please, can I please get the book early so I can Did read she it and do podcast? it? Huh? Well, she's in Australia. Yeah, if we can organize a here, oh, sit down Australia. under, yeah, Lebanese Australian author. 
So yeah, so that's one I'm looking forward to. Another one I'm really looking forward to. Now this is a, it's a bit of a mouthful. The name Anita De Monte laughs last, and it's by an author called Zostel Gonzalez. So it is a really interesting premise, and you'll see why I'm into it. It's a novel. It's a novel. Mm-hmm. It is about an art history student mm-hmm. in university. She's a student of color, and she goes to a very prestigious, privileged university, and she feels very out of place. And the art world in in New York is very like. Hierarchical, it's mm. very snobby, mm-hmm. and she is doing research about an artist who was really famous in the '80s, but died, was found dead in her apartment mm-hmm. in 1985, and she starts to find all these really eerie similarities between her and this like dead artist. And at the same time, she starts dating a very popular art student who is sort of like, "Come with me, I'll show you the the fancy art world." So she's sort of trying to figure out who she is. Trying to figure out why this guy's into her and why she has so many connections with this artist she's researching. So it's it's giving sort of like psychological thriller. I love this. Yeah, this is a bit of me. I will be reading this. You know, this sounds like a twist. Yeah, it sounds like it already sounds like a film. You know, there's definitely a plot twist. Reese Witherspoon will probably have bought it already. Oh, she's already bought it. I'm sure. (laughs) She's like me. That's Hello Sunshine. We've we've (laughs) seen that in 2026. Yeah. (laughs) And then another. Wait for the film. Yeah, same. Another <laughs> really great um, novel, which is really is on my radar. It's called Tarantulas, and it's by Portia Seta Kapoor. She's mm-hmm. an Iranian-American author. Have you guys ever heard the term tarantulas? No. So, tarantulas in the no, spider. No, no. So Terhan from... Yeah. from Iran, like the city in Iran, yeah. and Los Angeles. You put them together. Oh. So because there's a huge uh, Iranian... Yeah. Is that like the... Sh- is it... Is it Sh- Shahs of Sunset? Yes, I love that show. Yeah, I used to. I was obsessed. Is so, it stopped now? Uh, yeah, they cancelled it. But the three main Why? stars, Raz, Mercedes, and what's her name? I forgot. Her they name were thing. brilliant. They're doing their own thing. Okay, oh. great. With We've Bravo. got something to look forward to. Yeah, oh, okay. reality show, literature, movies. I mean, what else? What and else? Idol. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a phrase that's used to to refer to the the Persian community in LA, Tarantulas. Right. Yeah. So she's written a book called Tarantulas, and it's about an Iranian-American family who are multimillionaires, and they have four daughters. See if this rings a bell. And they, <laughs> and they are... Hmm, sounds familiar. And they are about to get a reality TV show deal of their no dreams. No way! Yeah. Wait, where did, they, where did <laughs> this come what from? inspired her? Because <laughs> she's LA-based Iranian author. So she... so but, but the premise of the novel is this family, they're about to get the reality show. It's all happening. But then they realize, hang on, we have all of these crazy family secrets. We need to sort them out before they start filming. And so... That's the, not what reality TV is about. No, it's not. You're meant to wash that laundry. Right, in, in front of everyone. Wait, no, there's very selective laundry that they wash <laughs> and we know that. <laughs> and we love it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, this also sounds... Sounds good. Laundry. So it's all about like, what will you do for fame? You know, like what... what, what how far yeah. would you go for Exactly, fame? and your family. How much would you put your family through for, <gasps> for fame? So it's interesting. Fun. It's interesting that it's a niche, like Iranian-American family in Los Angeles. Reality TV has all these really interesting... Uh, you should see the book cover. It's really stunning. It has a cat with sunglasses. So I say oh. this also has like big, um, big. TV, uh, big movie vibes, but it's already fucking we had a big <laughs> like 15 seasons. We have lived it. <laughs> We've watched this. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of like good, like kind of like dramatization of reality show creation, haven't there? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, very but, yeah. inception. Very yeah, it is all kind of, that kind of stuff. Me here. too. Which is why I liked Yellow Face last year. Yeah. <laughs> so one more thing I want to speak to you guys about, which is the um, Seif Khobash Benapol Prize for Arabic Literature. Mm-hmm. Now, I 
um, love reading works in translation because it's a really cool way to understand fiction from other countries. Mm. And people always don't think about how translating is really an art form. Like, it really is. You know, like, yeah. it's so difficult. Like, one word in Arabic can have a million words in English, you know, and I'm sure, like, vice versa. Mm. So imagine translating a whole novel. It really, mm. You really are taking this work of uh, art and making it your own mm -hmm. to a degree. So this uh, literary prize recognizes... Um, Literature, um, translators who translate Arabic works of fiction to English. Beautiful. Yeah. I remember reading, is it Tayyip Salas' Migration? Oh, yes, you read the English yeah. yeah, okay. The English version. I haven't read the Arabic version, but I remember reading that. And that was the moment that I thought to myself, wow, it's such a skill to be able to translate something. Yeah, and properly. that novel itself is, it would be difficult to translate. Yeah. yeah. And it's some so of the most, like, the most acclaimed novels mm -hmm. in other languages often have like two or three different translations yes. and then kind of working comparatively mm -hmm. between the translations you're kind of like oh which ones which are kind one? of like the most poetic and like where, where, what were they thinking here and kind of the, like that's I mean it's very nerdy literature and linguistic and I'm there for it depth but it mm. is good to so. the winner for this year uh, his mm. name is Luke Leaf Green, Leaf Green, sorry. And this is the second time he's won. The first time he won was in 2018 for a book that he translated called The President's Garden by an Iraqi author called Mohsen Ramli. I love that book. It's stunning. So I'm not shocked that he's won this time around. He's won for a, his translation of a book called Mr. N by a Lebanese author called Najwa Barakat. And it's a conceptual kind of literary novel about a man who used to be a novelist who escapes to a hotel room because... His, 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 his mind, his psyche isn't right. And he wants to confront his past by writing a novel. And so as he's writing a novel, trying to sort out his memories, he's trying to figure out, and us, the reader, are trying to figure out which part of what he's writing is actually his life and what is parts he's made I up. I love oh, a bit yeah. of that. Yeah. So also very thrillery, twisty, mind gamey. Um, oh, no, we need to do, we're leaving like, this week with like a real reading list. Yeah. I, I feel I like, I know you publish reading lists all the time. Mm. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we should link to one. Uh, we the, should, yeah, in, in the, the end episode. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. Yeah, let's chat. Let, let, let's make that happen. Let's make it happen. Let's, my people will talk to my your people. people. Yeah. My people. Circle back. Anyway, I've given you guys a headache with all my, uh, this is what's coming up this year, so. It's really exciting. I mean, we did start the year with Mariah Carey, and I feel like that has set a bar now for It really has. So we've got And I have got, I mean, I don't want to, I'm going to talk about it all the time, but I have got Taylor Swift to look forward to this year, which is going to be quite big for me personally. <laughs> and Ed, hoping, Ed Sheeran's coming, isn't he, next week? Yeah, I'm hoping to go and see Jungle as well. They're going to be in Dubai oh, in a couple gosh, of weeks. There's too much to do. There's so much so to do. So much to do. So thank you so much for listening or watching wherever you are. And if you like this episode, please follow and subscribe on your choice of podcasting app and tell all your friends and family. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye.